The Holy Gospel according to Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin woman engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by the angel's words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his dominion there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. In those days Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that, who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The Gospel of the Lord. He may be seated. And the angel came to Mary and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by the angel's words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. That little verse has been capturing my attention and my imagination this week. Why did that angelic greeting cause Mary to have that kind of reaction. And to start, I think we have to think about and remember a few things that we know about angels from the Bible. Now, 
I don't want to burst your Christmas bubble, but how Hollywood and our tree ornaments depict angels is not exactly biblical. Uh, We tend to imagine angels as humans with white wings and clothed in robes. But in the Bible, angels could be flying heavenly snakes or winged bulls with human faces. I like this cartoon, by the way. The angel saying, be not afraid. And the guy saying, sir, this is the scariest moment of my life. (laughs) More importantly, it's what the angels function or role was that mattered. Remember, it was an angel that kept Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden after they were exiled from it. It was an angel that God sent to destroy the firstborn during the exodus from Egypt. It was an angel that God sent to destroy Balaam. The presence of an angel in the Bible often meant death and destruction. And they were close at hand when you saw an angel. And now we can maybe understand why people in the Bible were terrified by angels. Not only did they look gnarly, but they also signified that death was close at hand. So when Mary is greeted by this angel, her perplexed pondering of what exactly is going on makes more sense. The angel tells Mary to not be afraid that something miraculous is about to occur, but not only for Mary, but also for her relative, Elizabeth. Elizabeth is often overlooked in the miracle of this story, but it's just as astounding as Mary's. Elizabeth was wife to Zechariah, who was a priest in the temple. They had no children. They were both getting old, and Elizabeth was barren. And in those days, not having children was disgraceful. We know because that's exactly what Elizabeth said. This is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. Infertility was a sign of divine disfavor. That God had withheld blessing from you for just cause. Some sort of divine punishment. And for Elizabeth... God was doing something miraculous by reversing the misfortune of being barren. But this isn't a new story. It's an even older story about another woman named Hannah. Hannah is also a barren woman who faces the same shame of childlessness. Hannah prays and God miraculously allows her to conceive and have a child named Samuel. He grows to become an important prophet and priest and judge for the people of God. When Samuel is born and Hannah is finally able to present him to God and dedicate him to the service of the Lord, she prays these words. My heart exults in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. There is no holy one like the Lord, no one besides you. There is no right rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. 
Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry are fat with spoil. The barren are born, has born seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low. He also exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might does one prevail. The Lord, his adversaries shall be shattered. The Most High will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. Do you hear the similarity in Hannah's words and the song that Mary sang? Hannah's words are echoed in Mary's song. And both Hannah and Mary's songs do the same thing. They proclaim liberation because God's work is liberation. And liberation involves dethroning the powers of the world that keep people captive. Gabriel told Mary that her child would be called the son of God. But son of God is not original and not an original title for Jesus. It was first and foremost an imperial title given to the emperors and the Caesars who claimed their own divine birthright and the privileged status it afforded them as rulers. So for Gabriel to tell Mary that her child will be named the son of God was not an innocent claim. Those words are filled with a challenge to all empires of this world. The angel's words are the first sign that God's ordering of things looks very different than the way we've assumed it to be. Mary's song speaks of a great reversal of all things. It is not a song for the meek and the mild. It's a song of daring confrontation that the ways of the world with its greed and fear-mongering and power-grabbing, are not ultimately true, nor will they last. God will scatter the proud. God will bring down the powerful from their thrones. God will lift up the lowly. God will fill the hungry with good things. God will send the rich away empty. And as inhabitants of the wealthiest country on the planet, those words should be chilling. Perhaps our turn to be sent away empty is near. Perhaps that is what should be perplexing to us. Perhaps those are the words we should ponder for ourselves and wonder what they might mean. As we conclude the season of Advent, there's still a chance to stop and ponder, to consider the meaning of these words. 
What do they mean for you? Are you still in need of a savior? What do you need to be saved from? Amen.